Welcome to another edition of Tied Together. My name is Katrina Logie and I'm your host for today. And today we're going to be talking about digital in brand transformation with Richard Culvert, who is a co-founder of the Fred team. And you're going to talk about how, you know, brand transformation and the huge role digital plays. Tell us about the Fred team and that you created five years ago as a brand consultancy, working with brands to transform them. And how do you do that, Richard? I mean, you know, let's talk about why brand transformation rather than business transformation. Thank you, Katrina. It's, it's great to be here. I think oh, that's a million dollar question, isn't it? Let me first start to talk about the reason Thread exists. About five, six years ago, my business partner and I were sitting in our respective roles, me uh, working across media and relationship marketing in large large agencies, working with global clients, helping them to, to define visions and, and, and operationalize their vision for digital transformation. Carolyn, uh, my business partner, becoming very, very aware of the trials and tribulations of, of, of turning the oil tanker that is a large global corporate to be more customer centric and actually making customer centricity mean something in the context of a large organization. So we came together really out of a shared sense of frustration that we had a very clear idea of what the future, what technology could do and what good looked like but we're frustrated that in many ways organizations got in the way of of actually achieving those objectives and those aims that we, we we every i think every conference that we'd been to for the last 10 years has been talking about the 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 upside of transformation and the upside of uh, digital technologies, but actually we started that we, we started to realise that we were seeing less and less traction being achieved in organisations and uh, kind of very, very limited, measurable value above and beyond an amount of money spent on new marketing technologies. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes, it does make sense. Yeah. So. The challenge really was kind of like they didn't know how to do it. They didn't know how to focus being customer centric. They weren't didn't have the end in mind. I think yes. I mean, I mean, I think we've gone very quickly to the nub of it. And I think the I read a quote today in the FT, which was a senior a senior consultant talking about the problem, and, the, and and it really encapsulated everything I've been thinking about, which is that people fall in love with the solution, not the problem. And actually, mm. the way that we need to resolve this is by helping organizations, leaders in organizations to fall in love with the problem. So mm-hmm. what we find when we come into organizations, and if, if like the, the sum of our collective experience is that there tend to be three problems. There's a problem which we, 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 we always talk about being if like the spin cycle, which is a C-suite, totally fired up and, and with a seemingly clear vision of what the future of the business looks like, but really no idea where to start simply because the landscape that they're looking at feels intimidatingly complex and the road is scattered with, if you like, with the corpses of failed initiatives. I think anybody who reads their business press, anybody who has read Harvard Business Review over the last two or three years will be more than aware of, of, of their the piece of work that they talked about, I think, in 2019, which is 1.3 trillion. And just to put that into context, 1.3 trillion is twice the US Defense Department's budget request for 2021. 
to $1.3 trillion spent on marketing MarTech mm-hmm. in 2019. CEOs reporting that 70% of that, so some $900 billion, was wasted, was, had been ineffective. And I think that that should make everyone listening to this sit up <laughs> and think about what they're doing, because none of us, none of us with a, with a right mind want to waste money and opportunity. It's not what we get out of bed for in the morning. No. So no. actually, if we just start to think about the problem and start to understand what it is we're trying to do, then we will succeed. We will have a better chance of succeeding. So for us, that's the, if you like, that's the, that's the pure consultancy piece of what we do, which is helping C-suite understand what, what their vision means and building a roadmap over time to, to achieve their objectives. Right. So how give an example of how you do this. Well, I think probably working with a global fragrance retail business, we have we've been working working with them for the last five years. And over that time, we have taken a an objective uh, and a business objective, which is to automate and personalize digital communications. And we have helped to build self-funding proofs of concept that give the C-suite, that give the organization's leadership a validated roadmap for transformation and change. So we're not asking someone to spend a billion dollars. We're asking someone to spend a quarter of a million doing something to answer a specific brief and change a specific number in order to build a proof of concept, in order then to unlock transformation budget to then scale across markets. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It does, yeah. So, I mean, you, you describe yourself as the, mo- the modern marketing strategist with a strong customer experience. Mm-hmm. So modern marketing, what, what do you call modern marketing? I think modern marketing is digital first. So it understands that the majority of the value in a customer relationship is today and will increasingly so in the future be generated through digital touch points. So organizations need to understand what that looks like. But then at the same time, understanding the role of data in driving those interactions and in driving more targeted and personalized customer experiences and brand experiences that together drive value for a for an organization. Mm-hmm. Okay, so data from your customer, basically, and, and, uh, and digitalizing that, you know, in terms of building solutions to problems. Well, data from the customer in that, I mean, Google talked a, a couple of decades ago, talked about the, the, the data exhaust, which I've always liked the idea of. So to every, everything we do with digital and increasingly physical context uh, is a data point. So understanding behavior and how we do things rather than what we do <laughs> understanding mm-hmm. how and, and uh, how we do things is we find a an incredibly valuable lever to behavior change so we worked with a large fast food business over in asia uh, in the last 12 months who had had an app across which people, with which people could order food for delivery and also to collect to collect food but people were using it less and less and so the the organization's almost pavlovian response was to throw money in the form of coupons and free stuff at people believing that that would drive 
and shift behavior. So unsurprisingly, it wasn't doing anything and we were costing the business a large amount of money across the year. So what we did was pull back an understanding that digital is a doing medium. We looked at how people were using the app. Mm-hmm. And unsurprisingly, there were a bunch of people who used the app as a remote control for the brand. They loved the brand and the app made it easier for them to buy from the brand. And they never redeemed a coupon. Did they not? No. They made up 80%. It's classic Pareto. They made up 80% of transactions, but 20% of the volume of the people we had there. On the other end of the scale, we had those people who treated the app a bit like a not a bit, very much like a, um, a slot machine. One, one can almost see the, the home screen of their, their smartphone uh, with our brand plus the other 12 brands that are out there and whoever gave them the most compelling coupon, they'd go and use it. So we could see that, that they always used a coupon and they did it, that they used that coupon within 24 hours of receiving it. So we had a bunch of people who only responded that they were playing the market. They were, they, they were savvy in terms of the way the market worked. And then there were a bunch of people in the middle who, as you would expect, used some coupons, but when they were ready, they were taking up to a month to redeem a coupon. And what that said to us was that when we looked at what they were doing and when they were buying, they needed an occasion and a reason to go and use the coupon. So our job as marketers was to inspire an incremental occasion for that group who made up a large proportion of the of the base, and these were the guys who who were not using the app anymore because they just had, they didn't see it. They didn't. We weren't helping them to understand when and how and why they should use the they should use the tool. So we we ran again a proof of concept which uh, delivered triple digit uplifts in app usage and order value, which has helped the incumbent advertising and brand agencies to then start to think about how they engage and best engage with the consumer. So actually, I think what we've done there is use technology to unpack behavior and then use existing levers to drive change and and valuable change and actually change that is double-sided. Not only does it deliver value to a, a customer, it delivers value, incremental value to a brand. Mm-hmm. How are you using digital? What tools are you using to analyze customer-centric behavior and helping your customers in terms of connecting to their customer? I'm going to answer that by going back to the question because we were talking about the three problems that we solve. Mm-hmm. If we think about, the, think about the second problem that we solve, which is that organizations have if we think about the McKinsey quote or the, the the Harvard Business Review quote about wastage, vast numbers of organizations have invested in marketing technology, which is getting no traction at all. So we characterize it. And one of the ways I talk about it is, you know, we're very often going into organizations who are surrounded by bubble wrap and with connectors, not knowing how to use the, um, the, the Hadron Collider that's been purchased for them to reach their, their company's ambitions. And I think it this starts to talk about how we use technologies. And I think the, the our approach very much is one of pragmatism, understanding that rip and replace is an unpalatable solution and should be the last resort, understanding that very often the problem with technology and failed transformations is a a lack of connection with people and understanding how to drive people within the organization, help people within the organizations to use the technologies 
understanding that suddenly implementing a very large CRM platform, for example, means that from the C-suite's point of view, I can speak individually to my customers and I can deepen relationships and play at being Amazon for a while, which is about recommending next product. So I can drive real value there. Now, I see that as a in the C-suite as, okay, well, and I can automate all that, can't I? Because that's what these technologies do. So yes, we'll spend a large, significant amount of money and we'll do that. But once that technology hits the ground, the realization that automation or that, that automation actually costs rather than saves money, certainly in the short term, is again an, an unsavory realization. And so we spend a lot of time with clients pointing, using technologies that exist in the organization already and mm. helping helping the businesses to make the best of what they've got because the problem is, and I'm sure we've talked about, I'm sure your guests will have talked about this in the past, one of the key problems in transformation is the siloing of activity. Absolutely, yes. So the job that we play is very much as you know, part diplomat, part orchestrator, and, and, you know, and, and part nosy neighbour, really asking questions and, and, and poking and, and understanding what capability exists in the business and then being unafraid to uh, reuse and recycle technologies that exist already to achieve an objective if that mm. makes sense so effectively using gaffer tape and that's one of that's one of carolyn's favorite favorite terms you know we we know we've got this thing over here squirts data about this thing this piece of technology is good at ingesting data and pushing out this thing but they're not connected so let's just strap them together and see what happens very good yeah i like that when we talk about it we talk about the elephant in the room and the elephant in the room is the big hulking piece of technology that the C-suite have just pegged all their ambitions on, but that no one wants to say that they know how to use. So it is a it is a case of um, helping organisations to understand technology. understand the response because, because it, you know it's, having been again in the industry for a, for long enough, one realises that in many cases technology is sold, not bought, and therefore there are numerous cases of inappropriate pieces of technology being sold and attempted to be implemented in organizations that just are too small or that don't have the resources required to run a complex multivariate marketing platform, multi-channel marketing piece. They've got one person <laughs> whose job it is to do this stuff and they just they, they, they quite literally fall over. Do you see the same problems over and over again in terms yes. of... yeah. Time and time again. And, and to be honest, the problems are the same. The labels change. I think the next, I feel like, avalanche of um, conversations is starting to be about AI. Because, of course, AI will solve those automation pro problems, won't it? So let's look at AI. Well, yes, we can look at AI if you have a complex enough organization, complex enough business, complex enough customer base, and you have volumes of data. Otherwise, Let's try and do something different. Let's try and walk before we run, and let's let's have yet let, let's have fully automated AI-driven brand conversations as a as an objective or as a vision. But let's work in horizons to get there. Let's see what we need to do. And actually, it's okay to reach reach a point twelve months down the line where we realise that AI isn't the right thing for our business to do. Right. So, how do you test you know what works and what doesn't you know technology for your brands? Money. <laughs> commercial impact 
our our goal in every piece of work that we do is that we should be self-funding and self-funding quickly because i've been the the enthusiastic 20 something who wants to change the world with a with a one and a zero but i i've been doing it now for 30 years and realize that if you're going to make any difference at all you need to be able to show the people who make the decisions <laughs> a return on their investment and it's, if we can it should be a triple digit <laughs> which is why and again i mean mckinsey have been doing some some great work actually on in the transformation space and i think they quite recently did a piece of work which is looking at 100 transformation projects and what they realized was that for me the key finding was that of those who of those initiatives that were deemed to succeed 68% of them were of a value of less than quarter of a million dollars so they were smaller initiatives and i what i love is the idea that they talk about and and again i should be reusing this but it's about pebbles not boulders understanding that the small incremental shifts using i believe reengineered technologies that exist already in an organization in the short term with perhaps and there are additive technologies that help to connect touch points certainly in the land of, of of marketing communications that can connect an individual's social behavior with their web behavior with their crm driven behavior so we have a clear idea of where people are what they're doing and can better than design journeys that are relevant mm-hmm. so what so the, these are the tools that you use in terms of making them think in a, in a digital way. Oh, very much so, very much so. And, and, and it is a sense of pragmatism. And there is that, there's a, I think twice in the last five years, we've had very senior execs kind of breathe a sigh of relief when they realize that we're not coming in to sell them a piece of technology, but we're coming in to do is to understand their business and help them to achieve a vision. And, and yes, that might include, you know, small pieces, small additive uh, pieces of software but that plug holes where a piece of gaffer tape can't but we'll keep that to a minimum because we are very aware that what we do needs to self-fund and do that quickly so going out and spending a million dollars on a piece of software just isn't where we can go in the first instance yes that might be our goal that might be where we need to head but first we have to prove that that approach has a commercial upside Okay. Can you give an example of the sort of companies you work with and and also perhaps an example of a a case study? So we work with, I think, best characterized by, we work with businesses that have ambitions to scale through data and marketing technology. So, and I think I would caveat that by saying, and that demonstrate quite quickly that they know what they don't know and are happy for a consultant to come in and, and work with them as a partner. I think working with uh, perhaps the longest relationship we have at the moment is uh, with a global fragrance retail business. And we started working with them five years ago, answering the question that uh, every retailer has, which is how can I get people who buy from me once to buy again? Yes. Retaining the client. Uh, Retaining the client um, or beginning the journey of retention. To just repeat purchase. Okay. And really what we did was build a proof of concept, which was effectively taking a group of people who had bought at Christmas the previous year, but hadn't bought in the 12 months since, understand how engaged they were with the brand 
over that period? Did they open every email? Were they signed up to our socials? Were they liking, sharing, commenting? What were they doing? And using technologies to do that. Uh, or were they simply closed to us? Were they not buying anything at all? And then using existing channels, so social channels and email primarily, how could the, uh, like our exam question was, how can we reignite engagement and drive repurchase? Because we knew from data, we knew from analytics, the kind of thing that people tended to buy next. So the job was really to reflect a that in, their previous purchase and that insight. One, test the hypothesis. <laughs> and two, test, uh, understand whether engagement mattered at all and whether it was just seeding an idea. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. With a fragrance, it's quite interesting, though, because it's not a regular purchase, is it? Not for many people, no. For some, yes, and I think you need to understand that. There's a, that that's, a, that's a nuance. And, of course, those people are highly unlikely to be in the cohort of individuals who have only bought once from this particular brand. Fragrance is fascinating because, of course, it is a, uh, a, f- a fundamentally physical product. You need mm-hmm. to be able to smell it. Okay, yeah. So make it, make it tangible, yeah. Make it tangible. And what we realized was from, from looking at the ways that people engaged with with the brand across multiple channels. There were groups of people who would buy a product within three clicks. So come straight in, straight in and buy a thing and then go back, go away again. There were others who would spend time, they would read creative content, they would read category content before making a purchase. So that's that, that again, working in the world of hypotheses, <laughs> said that there were people coming in either buying for someone else and they'd been told very clearly they wanted this fragrance in this size and that was what mum would get for Mother's Day or they were interested in the category and shopping for themselves so they were exploring a little. So our content was able then to take that insight which is from a completely different channel and reflect it in the communications. And And again, a relatively simple and the people working on that will kick me because I, I, it wasn't simple in execution and it used a, lo- a heck of a lot of gaffer tape and some, ad- and some additive software to connect people's journeys across different channels. So what software were you using for that particular client? We were using a piece of software called Kite Wheel. So that was analysing behaviour, basically. It, 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 tra- analy- it tracked and allowed us to analyse an individual customer's journey across multiple touch points. I see, I see. No, because very often the, 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 the siloing of information and activity means that someone engaging on a social, on, on, across social media, on Facebook, for example, is an interaction and a piece of information that is held by a social media team who will sit in a different, different floor, a different part of the building, and be used on their own dashboards and to report their own success of a campaign. But the people who are creating email or a website won't understand that those interactions are happening and won't therefore be able to reflect that behavior across other channels. So how do you get them to communicate amongst each other? What tools do you use to do that? I think the tools that we use are the classic consultancy toolkit. It's it's understanding and and, and talking to C-suite, talking to leadership and getting a clear permission to act. And then you need a whole pass. which is, you know, I'm talking to you because, 
So someone said I should, and we're trying to achieve this in a shared. So having a shared objective and a shared metric, and then really working and building a you know, classically building a, cl- a cross-functional team and making this a win for everyone, the brand, rather than a single team. And actually what we realized, and, and I think one of the things you realized quite quickly is all of this activity and, and a number of the things we've just talked about, if you like, the the ability to investigate how people are, individuals are engaging with the brand across multiple channels means that you can create value because you have you have understanding. And that value is as valuable to someone who is managing a piece of CRM as it is to someone who is developing a brand campaign. So this is how we have then moved from that initial piece of work out in, across the business, understanding and, and helping the organization to join together around common issues, all driven by technology, but helping them all to understand the value of interacting and engaging with each other. So I think, I mean, again, it's one of those kind of, kind of common truths, isn't it, that is arguably little, very little acted on, which is that... Um, it's very rarely in transformation technology that fails. It's the organizations into which the technology is placed. Um, so this is very much, a, it's a cultural piece. And I think it's it, it's the missing link in technology-driven transformation. And I think it's, I mean, the evidence there for me, it, it, you do listen to language. And I've, I've been lucky in that I've, I've worked across multiple disciplines. And you hear colleagues or people, you know, brands being referred to as fluff. You hear technology being... Uh, perceived as magic and magical uh you shrouded in its own language and jargon you hear data being seen as the party pooper because it's going to tell you exactly what did happen <laughs> mm. when you did this thing but actually the challenge is to reposition all of the brand technology data as creative assets and invite them all to the table in an equal in equal capacity mm. and i think that that's for me that's where brand creativity and technology really really come together to unlock solutions that, that work and drive real value for businesses. Mm-hmm. Bringing them all together. Imperative. Yeah. Making them understand, you know, how to use the technology to understand the customer experience. Or oh, the completely. Customer and, 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 being, and being comfortable asking questions, but being uncomfortable with a hunch or a hypothesis. Again, one of the insights that I travel with is that, you know, very often the answer is there within the business. You just need to poke around to find it. Um, you know, people in the business will have done something like this before. Why did it fail? <laughs> so, what have what have you seen in terms of you know technology and the changes and the evolution of it over the years that in the area that you've worked in in digital transformation? I think depressingly little. The problems remain the same. I'm stuck in a spin cycle. I'm trying to deal with the elephant in the room. Or the third piece is I know exactly what I need to do, but I just don't. I've got a day job to do. So the uh, so things are left on the sidelines. So it's like the management of change and transformation in the day to day is critical. Those problems exist no matter what new technology we're playing with, no matter what type of transformation we're playing with. Whether we're talking about a new global website thirty years ago, or we're talking about a, a, an e-commerce solution, we're still facing the same problems. And I think it, it is down to us as leaders in the in the industry. And people with a few grey hairs to actively support the organisations we work with to help them understand and help them fight through the mire of new technologies, um, you know, the number of web-based applications that end in LY, 
or this grey goo of technology that exists and which I believe stops so many real transformative pieces of transformation happening and drives that depressing 70% failure rate in terms of money's invested. What could be improved in terms of technology? I think the way it is bought and sold. I think that the C-suite have to be clearer in articulating their vision. Mm -hmm. I think that culture in organizations needs to shift, and they are quite fundamental shifts away from departments and towards organization along the lines of if you like objectives, so building true cross-functional working practices into the day-to-day. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that happen successfully at, at a couple of digital-first startups who are scaling rapidly. Okay. And of course, okay, I, I do understand that they don't have the baggage of a decade, 50 years, 100 years worth of organizational structure and hierarchy. But their growth and working practices is something that we should be looking at. I think then, for me, coming back to scale, stop trying to do everything. Don't try and do everything at once. Think in, pe- think in pebbles, not boulders. <laughs> and think in horizons. Understand it's fine to have a goal which is complete marketing transformation within the next five years. But understand that that's going to be achieved in steps. And each of those steps should be self-funding. And all of that activity should be customer focused and the customer should be the center of all of those, of all of our conversations. Okay. And and the tools that we use to make this journey easier, what do you feel is missing? I think if it is, I'm sorry, and and this, this isn't being flippant at all. I don't think there is a piece of software i don't think there's a piece of technology that can that, that, that can make all of this happen but i do think it is it's a good dose of common sense and and falling in love with the problem understanding what your problem is what are you trying to do and what's stopping you doing it and once we understand that we can go out and find technologies either within the business already or out there if needed that will help you to get there you don't have to rip and replace you don't, you go into your sales conversations understanding you are going to be sold to uh, there isn't a big red button there's a button you can press that technology will just solve everything. You are going to have to change the way that your business is structured and works to make marketing technologies hum in the day-to-day. And also communicate and... Communicate, keep talking, build build a business based on insights and hypotheses. Don't spend three years doing a piece of analytics. You kind of know the answer already if you just ask the question. Don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to move and move quickly. And it's been been said a thousand times, don't be afraid to fail, just keep moving. Well, Richard, it's been a pleasure talking to you, you know, in terms of you've obviously got a lot of experience of 30 years of working in this and and realising what's important and what technology can do to assist the customer journey. Mm -hmm. So thank you very much for being here today on another of our episodes and we look forward to hearing more from you and also from the Fred team and what you're solving in terms of analysing the experience and the journey of a digital brand transformation. Thank you, Katrina. It's been a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Tied Together. 
If you have any comments or you have any feedback for us, you can always email us at tiedtogether at cohesus.co.uk.